Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the last installment for our series called Your Student Was Accepted to UNT Dallas. Now what? Today we are joined by some amazing staff members from our financial aid department, as well as our student business services department. Uh, I want to thank both of you guys for coming in today, taking time of your busy schedules. We really do appreciate it. Uh, so the following questions we want to ask you all today is tailored to each of you specifically uh, based on the department that you are a part of. Um, but the floor is always open. So if there's a, a topic that kind of pertains to both, uh, we are pretty sure our parents will appreciate the multiple points of view. Uh, so we'll go ahead and jump right in, get started. Uh, we'll see you guys in just a second. Um, all right, so to start things off, uh, we're going to have a uh, representative from Student Business Services come and talk to you guys a little bit about their department, um, what their role is here at UNT Dallas. Um, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Taisha, and I am one of the Student Business Services Associates here at the University of North Texas at Dallas. All right, nice to meet you. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, I know we talked a lot about grants, loans, and scholarships, all of that financial aid uh, kind of sort of business. So what are some of the other ways that students can pay for their tuition and fees here at UNT Dallas? What kind of, what kind of payment plans does your office uh, offer? There is actually only one type of payment plan we do offer an installment plan to allow students to pay their tuition and fee costs over the course of a currently enrolled semester. There is an, an installment plan fee of $20, which is assessed upon enrolling into the installment plan. Each payment of the installment plan has a specific due date and has to be paid by that due date in order to avoid a late fee. Late fees are assessed for each payment missed and students are notified through their student email when that late fee will be assessed. Okay, and this this uh, this installment fee, this is on top of all their other, uh, like the student fees that they have to like, they're already paying on top of, is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay, sounds good, all right. Um, can you talk a little bit more about like the logistics when it comes to paying? Like what, what, what all goes on involved in that? Involving the installment plans, um, it is only offered during the fall and spring semesters. Um, the installment plans are actually not available for the summer terms. For the fall semester, um, payments are due August through December. And for the spring term, the payments will be due between January through May. For the summer semester, installment plans are not available and the student must pay their balance by the designated due date or have enough financial aid to cover the balance due. For additional information regarding the installment plans, um, you may visit our website at untdallas.edu slash sbs okay um and is that um so 
overall, like their semester balance, is that divided up for each month? Um, I guess what I'm trying to ask is like, does each student kind of gets like a little personalized uh, balance at the end of each month? It's not all equal for everybody, correct? So with the installment plan, the overall student balance is actually divided into payments. Um, each one of those payments will be due once a month on a specific date. And the student does have to ensure that the payment is met by that particular deadline to avoid being assessed a late fee. Um, the tuition and fees, they do vary according to that particular student's tuition and fees on their student account. Um, so it could definitely vary as well as each installment plan uh, payment. Okay, uh, and is that late fee the same for everybody or, or does that increase um, depending on how long it's been or, or how does that work? So there is a $25 late fee um, that is assessed for each missed payment. Um, so for example, if a student misses one payment, then there will be one $25 late fee. Um, by chance, if the student does miss two or three payments, then it would be a $25 late fee assessed for each one of those missed payments. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I know you talked a little bit about the payment uh, and when those are due, uh, but what are some other of the deadlines and how do those look like? Um, and what does the draw process uh, look like as well? Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes. Students should monitor their student account for specific payment deadlines and should take the necessary steps to ensure that the payment is made or make sure that there is enough financial aid pending in their student account to cover any balances for the designated due dates. This will ensure that the student's class schedule is secure from enrollment cancellation for non-payment. We do encourage students to monitor their student email as our office will send important notifications regarding payment deadlines and enrollment cancellation notices. And what are some of the ways that your office processes these payments? I know before on campus you could do cash, um, but what are some of the ways, obviously, because um, at this current time we're not really in the office. So what do those payment processing look like right now? At this time, we are encouraging students to log in through their student portal to make a payment. Um, they're more than welcome to use a credit card, uh, which is secured through our online system, um, which is typically through QuickPay. Um, so the student would go ahead and log into their student portal, which is their My Dallas, to make the payment. We also accept money orders, cashier's checks, and checks, and those can also be sent to our office here at the campus. Uh, all right, so that sounds good to me. <laughs> um, what does, uh, so this is another thing that I wanted to talk about. Uh, so what does having a locked in or guaranteed tuition option mean? Um, I know when I first started school as a first generation college student, I wasn't really super clear on what that meant. And a lot of parents are kind of confused on that terminology. Mm -hmm. So if you could just elaborate a little bit more on that. Sure. So here at UNT Dallas, we do offer two tuition plans and they're both called the traditional or the focused fixed tuition plan. 
The difference is the traditional tuition plan is subject to increase each year, which means their tuition rate is subject to increase um, and their mandatory fees are subject to remain the same. However, for the focus fixed tuition, um, tuition plan, excuse me, um, your tuition rate would actually, is subject to remain the same, but your mandatory fees are subject to increase. And if you're wanting more information, we do recommend um, visiting our website, which is untdallas.edu slash SBS. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and what would you say, like, in, in just kind of just you thinking and reflecting on the pros and cons of each of these uh, tuition plans, which one would you say, if you were a student at UNT Dallas, you would go with? So that is actually a great question. It all just depends on the student um, and their preference. If you're 100% sure of the program that you are enrolled in and you know you're going to um, basically remain in the program, you're not subject to changing your major, um, then the focus fixed tuition plan would be a great option because it does lock in your tuition rate for a maximum of five years. Um, there are certain requirements needed to be met for the focus fixed tuition plan. Um, and those can also be found on our website. Um, but if you're um, wanting to just kind of give it a test and maybe the traditional, um, the traditional is a little bit more than the focus fixed tuition plan. So that would be another option to consider, um, but it really just depends on the student and what they're wanting to um, register for and enroll in. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, when I was, when I was coming into college uh, as a freshman, these, this terminology and these plans were kind of confusing to me. Um, luckily for myself, I was able to um, have financial aid cover everything. So I didn't really have to deal with that. Um, but I know some students have, it's kind of a requirement for them to kind of just pay out of pocket or get into a payment plan. So this is all really good information. Uh, I really do appreciate you coming on here to talk about this with me. Uh, so jumping into our next topic. Uh, so what if what if a student is waiting on financial aid to be awarded um, to pay off their account balance? What, what can they do? If all documentation has not been submitted and verified by the Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships, the student should go ahead and enroll in the installment plan and make sure that the first payment is paid by the designated due date to ensure that their class schedule is secure. If all documentation has been submitted to the Office of Financial Aid and Scholarships, but the student has not received the notification of their award, um, before the first due date for the semester, the student will still need to go ahead and enroll in the installment plan and make sure that the first payment is paid by the designated due date to secure their courses. If the student has been awarded financial aid, then action must be taken through online through their student portal to accept and then verify that the pending or anticipated financial aid is enough to cover their outstanding balance. 
If it's not enough to cover the full balance, then we would recommend the student paying the difference out of pocket or enrolled into the installment plan. And that way their payments um, can be made by those designated due dates. Okay, um, so kind of if the student is waiting on like a, like a full ride scholarship, uh, they basically would be used as kind of like a safety net so they wouldn't um, be dropped from their courses, correct? Yes, that is correct. And we do um, highly encourage and recommend um, that the student make the payments by those designated due dates to avoid possible enrollment cancellation or late fee. Okay. Um, and I know earlier we talked about the, uh, the enrollment fee and what that looks like. Um, can they expect to kind of get that money back? I know it's not a lot, but some, you know, some students might want to receive that money back or what are the, what are the uh, kind of the rules that apply to that matter? In regards to the installment plan fee, um, that is a one-time fee um, that the student does pay and that fee actually cannot be refunded. Um, so the student is notified of that fee before they do submit or complete enrolling into the installment plan. Um, and typically that has to be paid out of pocket by the student. Um, typically financial aid does not cover the installment plan fee. Um, so we do um, you know, encourage students to go ahead and make that $20 payment as well as the balance um, by the designated due date to avoid the late fee. Okay, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Um, well, like I said earlier, we have some very great information. I appreciate you coming here. Uh, another topic that I really wanted to cover today uh, was that concept of what you kind of mentioned earlier, which was the refund. Uh, what, is it, what does it mean for a student to get a refund from UNT Dallas? So after the student's federal aid has been awarded and accepted, it is then dispersed to the student's account. This is only after the student has completed all of the necessary steps to receive federal aid and is enrolled in the required number of credit hours. If the federal aid pays the entire balance for the semester and there is a credit balance remaining on the student account, then that amount would be refunded directly to the student. Student Business Services does process refunds to all students who have an available credit. We are partnered with Nelnet Student Choice Refunds to provide an easy and convenient method for students to receive refunds of any credit balances owed to them. All students must select one of two refund preferences that are offered, which is typically direct deposit to your bank account or you may select the prepaid reloadable debit card. The students will select their refund preference through their student portal, which is their My Dallas. Okay. Also, Parent PLUS loans are refunded either to the borrower, which is typically the parent or the student, depending on the selection at the time of the application for the PLUS loan. If the parent selects to have excess funds be dispersed directly to them, then our office will mail a paper check to the parent's address on record. If the parent has selected for the refund to go to the student, then any excess would be refunded to the student's refund preference that is on file. Okay, 
Um, and kind of just one last quick question uh, pertaining to the subject. Uh, how long can these students expect to see that refund on their account? So the students, if they have a refund um, pending on their student account and they have selected their refund preference, um, then their refund is typically processed either the next Tuesday or Thursday currently at the time. Um, after all of their aid has been dispersed and the credit balance is on their student account. If a preference has not been selected through their student portal, um, then there is a possibility that the refund could be delayed from processing. And we do typically send communication to the students to let them know um, that there is or is not a refund preference on file with also instructions on how to select their refund preference to avoid any delays. Okay, um, and let's say um, a blue, like a blue moon case scenario. Um, what if a student just ultimately never selected a refund preference? Um, what actions does the office take after that? If a student has not selected a refund preference, um, we do typically send an email to the student or we may also give the student a call. Um, just to let them know that they do have a refund pending in their student account and also guide them through how to select the refund um, preference through their student portal. Um, there are also refund holds that may prevent a refund from processing. Um, so it is required that the students select the refund preference. Okay. Uh, wow, that was a lot of, a lot of important information. Um, we really do appreciate everything you guys do here at UNT Dallas. And um, once again, I know I've said this a couple of times, but I can't thank you enough for coming on here to talk about these important topics here. Um, well, that's everything we have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, thank you again to Neil for coming in today. Um, is there, what are, what are some of the ways that uh, parents or students can contact uh, Student Business Services? I know you mentioned your website. Um, is there like his phone number or email? Yes. So if you're needing to speak with Student Business Services, you may give us a call at 972-780. 3658, or you may also email us at sbs at untdallas.edu. We are open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Awesome. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, hopefully, hopefully our parents were paying attention and so were some of the students if we have any. Um, uh, like I said, uh, thank you. Can't thank you enough. Um, I thank hope you guys. Yeah, for sure. I uh, hope you guys have a good day. And then uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Uh, and I'll see you later. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Welcome back, everybody, uh, to our little podcast. For, uh, this episode, we have Financial Aid and Student Business Services. Uh, here at this time, we do have a representative from Financial Aid. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to all of our parents listening in today? 
Okay, hello parents. My name is Sarah Monroe. I'm one of the financial aid counselors here at UNT Dallas. I've been with UNT Dallas for a little over eight years. So, you know, pretty loyal to the business, the brand. Um, so hello and welcome. Hello, hello. All right, now that we got that out of the way, uh, so here at UNC Dallas, we really pride ourselves on being affordable and maintaining an overall low debt rate for students. Uh, like it's literally in our slogan, uh, affordable. Uh, but none of that could really be possible without our well-developed financial aid program um, with a lot of different scholarships provided by the institution. For example, our Blue and Green Scholarship, which happens to be really popular, uh, the Presidential Scholarship, and along with many other ways to aid students uh, paying for college. Um, on top of that, UNC Dallas is also partnered with many third-party organizations um, that offer scholarships like the June.us, which I am honored to be a recipient of, uh, and as well as the Charles Butt Scholarship as well. Uh, and on top of that, even the Dallas County Promise and our uh, upcoming T3 program. Uh, so why would you say it's important to apply for scholarships and why is it really a requirement to submit um, FAFSA or TASFA documentation? Very good question. Thank you for that. Um, school costs money. So <laughs> we, want to, we want to provide everything that we can, all the resources that we can to make sure that students are able to pay for their education. It's important. Um, scholarships, are important because it's free money. That's what we really want. We wanna stay clear of loans as much as we can. Um, although loans are there to help you as well, but scholarships are the way to go. Um, in order to receive some scholarships and for the financial aid office to determine the student's eligibility, that's when they have to complete the FAFSA or the TASFA. You won't have to complete both. The FAFSA is actually for documented students who have a social security number and they can complete that um, FAFSA online. The TASF is gonna be for those students who are undocumented. It'll be a paper application that's submitted to the financial aid office uh, in order for us to process in-house. But each of them will allow us to go through all of your information, your household size information, your income information, and determine what you are eligible for. Um, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, you want to go for all that good free money. Anything that says grant or scholarship, that's a go. That's a green light. With the student loans, it is an option for students, but you only want to borrow what you need. Okay. And you can't do any of those things without completing that FAFSA or TASFA. Right. Um, yeah, like like he said, we like free money, especially, you know, we can get it all done in full and not even have to worry about paying for anything. So exactly. Super, exactly. Um, so now that we mentioned the importance of fast and test for documentations, um, and you've already kind of addressed this, but I kind of want to touch into a different subject along those um, like who can file for test and who can't. Um, okay. And then like vice versa for fast um as well. There's been a, uh, a proposed um, increase to the federal program um, that Biden proposed. This is like super recent. And I wanted to mm -hmm. bring this in because um, they're talking about having um, DACA students uh, actually start applying for FAFSA. Um, mm -hmm. Now, what do you recommend DACA students do in this scenario? 
pay attention to your emails. Um, and I say that because our financial aid office is going to get that information directly from the federal government. So whenever that comes to pass, any changes with the Pell Grant, with completing the FAFSA or TASFA, is going to come to the financial aid administrators first. And what we do is we're going to send that communication out to students. So as soon as that becomes available, if it becomes available, we want our students to know because we want them to go ahead and apply so we can, you know, get that paperwork done so we can, you know, find out what they are eligible to receive. Awesome. Yeah. I know definitely that was a huge, um, some breaking news for me because I'm, I myself, I'm a DACA student. Um, like I mentioned, I'm under the Dream.us program. Um, and great, I'm truly grateful that I really don't have to um, take out any loans or have a co-signer or anything like that um, because of these scholarships. But um, that FAFSA application does, they do generate a lot more um, funds than the TASFA does. So this is a, this is a huge step forward, I believe. It is. And work. there are definitely changes being made as we speak. I mean, there are a lot of things that are coming down the pike, um, you know, for the rest of this academic year, this 21-22 upcoming academic year that are going to benefit our students. Um, with that FAFSA right now, it's still in place that you have to have a social security number or in, be an eligible non-citizen um, in order for you to qualify for like the Pell Grant and some of the other grants and things that's offered through the FAFSA. Now with the TASFA, like you mentioned, there are not a lot of funds right now that are available to TASFA students. You still have to apply to get even the little bit that you get, but like you mentioned, the programs like the Dream.us and other, you know, UNT Dallas scholarships are helpful um, in funding students' education. Right. Um, and we kind of touched on all the topics that I wanted to talk about today. Um, so aside from financial aid, um, TASFA, FAFSA documents, um, there's another form of uh, there's another form of financial aid that students can qualify for if they decide to work on campus. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Man, if you could imagine the type of workload that we have in student services, trying to service the students, as much as we need help, you know, we have this work study funding that students may qualify for, and they can actually work in some of these offices on campus, including financial aid. We actually are looking to hire a few students for the upcoming fall semester um, for work study. And yes, you get to work in our office with our students directly, whether it be responding to emails, talking to students during orientation, whatever the situation may be, but definitely um, work study is available. You, I believe you will talk with the Student Solution Center um, and talk with them about who qualifies and then find the job on campus that you're looking for. And you can do that by just going to the UNT Dallas site and going to employment. And there are um, there is an option for student worker or work study student. So you'll apply through that way and you can work from anywhere. Um, the financial aid office, academic advising, whoever on campus that needs assistance um, and, you know, and can accommodate a, a work-study student, I say apply. So your first step would be to look out there to see what jobs are available. 
and then contact the Student Solution Center either by going to the chat feature, the new chat feature that we have on our webpage, or just reaching out to their email or phone number. And you can contact them about it. They will get in touch with financial aid because financial aid will have to put the award on the system for the student. And how that works with work study is you'll be a part-time worker, you know, and the beauty about being a work study student is that we understand that you're also a student. So you need to be, we need to be flexible with um, the hours that you work and the time that you may need to spend, you know, completing assignments or studying for exams or whatever. So that's, that's another good thing about being a work study student, the flexibility, because we know that you're our student. But how it works is you have to, instead of it being just an award that you receive that you just get for no reason, you actually have to work for the dollars that you have been awarded. So that's the difference um, in the award. Awesome. Uh, and hopefully with uh, the thing that we talked about earlier with the whole DACA students being eligible for the Pell Grant, um, hopefully soon enough, these same students can be eligible for work study programs. Oh yeah, because that will be helpful for both parties, for the school itself, as well as for the student to help them with paying off some of the debt for tuition and fees without having to borrow a student loan or get loans from family members or whatever. You can be right there on campus um, working and, you know, and earning money to pay for your tuition and fees. That will be, that will be great. So definitely we will make sure to send out any communication that we receive uh, from the federal government, Department of Education, um, once we receive it. Awesome. You guys stay really busy. <laughs> well, you have no idea. <laughs> but we do it for for the students. So it's it's really a pleasure to see students be able to fund their education, um, you know, without having to have so much debt. They're getting that education. They're going into the into the workforce. And, you know, it's it's just a really beautiful thing to be a part of. Definitely. Um, I wanted to touch on something else that we mentioned earlier. Uh, those, mm -hmm. It's the side of financial aid that a lot of people don't really enjoy being a part of, and that's uh, mm -hmm. student loans, of course. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of negative stereotypes, and they just mm -hmm. get a bad reputation. Uh, so how can a loan be seen kind of like an investment and not just another form of debt? Okay, very, very good question. Um, loan is not like the bad guy here, you know, uh, a loan is just that I'm letting you borrow this, <laughs> you know, you do have to pay it back. But as long as you are a smart borrower, um, and you kind of educate yourself on, you know, which type of loan to borrow, because there are three types of loans, essentially, that we we look at with financial aid. Now you do have to complete a FAFSA right now in order to apply for a federal student loan, okay? So yes, it's a loan, you have to pay it back, but you do have to complete the FAFSA in order for us to determine how much of the loan you are eligible to receive. So I mentioned three types. The first type is gonna be the subsidized loan. Subsidized loan is gonna be the better of the three because right now the government is paying for the interest on that loan at, as long as the student is in school at least half time. So that subsidized loan is going to be the better of the three. You also have unsubsidized loan. Now, the, the interest will begin to accrue on that loan, but still, it's going to be good if you're a smart borrower. 
We also have parent plus loans. So if you just don't want your student to be in debt, but they need a little bit more money to help with their educational funding, um, the parent can actually apply for a loan on behalf of the student. Now it's gonna be the parent's loan. Yes, they will have to pay it back with interest, but um, that loan won't be the responsibility of that student. Now, when I say smart borrowing, if you know that your tuition and fees is $2,000 and say you're $500 away, you've paid $1,500, you're $500 away from paying for that, borrow 500 or borrow that 500 plus whatever you need for books and supplies, don't over borrow. Because normally when we award, we award the maximum that we can possibly award you. You have to actually let us know that you want less than that. And that's okay because you only want to borrow what you want to pay back, you know? Um, so it's not a bad thing. It is definitely helpful, especially for students who their parents make a whole lot of money, but they don't have a whole lot of money. And so they're only eligible for student loans. At least you have something that's not gonna come directly out of your pocket initially to pay for tuition and fees. That's where loans comes in. But you, like I said, just borrow only what you need. If you have questions about how much to borrow, you can always talk with a financial aid representative. We can kind of counsel you um, depending on your you know, specific situation and, and just go from there. But loans are not the bad guy. Loans are also helpful in paying for whatever you need to complete your degree. Yeah, there's definitely a pros and cons to just even the loans within themselves. Like you said, some of them are good in some ways, but others are good in different ways. Uh, so we really do appreciate this information. Kind of like an inside scoop into financial aid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we definitely did cover a lot of information. Uh, I'm sure parents are super grateful for everything. Um, there's one last thing I wanted to talk about, just kind of revisit. So it's kind of like the last thing that parents hear on this podcast. Um, what are some of the characteristics that kind of set a grant or a scholarship apart from loans and what should they look out for? Okay, so number one, what I want to mention, always apply early. Um, the FAFSA and TASFA applications come out every year, October 1st for the following academic year. So October 1st, 2021, the FAFSA and TASPA will be out and available for a student to complete for the 22-23 school year. So we're ahead of the game if you apply early. By you applying early, that, that gives you an opportunity to get some of that free money. So the institutional grants, the state grants, those are dependent on when you apply and when you have a completed file. So one of the most important things to do is apply early, follow up with the financial aid office to make sure there's nothing that you need to do in order for you to be awarded. And that's going to be like, that's the major thing. Follow up. It's okay to bother us. You know, it's okay to say, hey, I don't know what's going on. Can you answer this question? It's okay to use this beautiful new chat feature on our website because you get to a student solutions representative who can also answer financial aid questions. So that's one of those things that you wanna do as well. If you have just a really quick question and you don't wanna wait the 48 hours or however long it takes for financial aid to respond to you, you can always use that chat feature. And 
by you completing the FAFSA early, following up to make sure you have a completed file, there are additional grants that you may, you know, be eligible for that are on a first come first serve basis and depending on um, your financial need. So those are important things. But the major difference between a, um, a grant and a scholarship and a loan, the grant and scholarships, that's the free money. Okay, so like I mentioned before, anytime you see that grant or scholarship, that's gonna be what we call gift aid. Now, with the student loans, even though it is money that you can receive to go to school, you do have to pay that money back and with interest. So you wanna be careful with that process as well. Get some counseling if you need to from one of our representatives from Financial Aid or the Student Solution Center and you'll be on the right track. So if you see grants and scholarships, that's the green light. With the student loans, take time to think about what you need before you just accept the award. And I hope that answered your question. Oh, definitely, it was a very thorough and very, very great explanation, I, I think. Um, so I'm pretty sure our Thank parents you. are gonna appreciate it. Um, so those, that's it, that's all the topics I wanted to talk about. Uh, you've been really helpful today. Um, I know you mentioned the chat. How, how are other ways that um, students or parents can contact the financial aid department? Okay, um, so right now the chat feature is going to be probably the quickest way to get a, a response and an answer, but you can always reach out to the financial aid office. If you just have general questions, you're going to want to email us at financialaid at untdallas.edu. Or if you are submitting documents, so you've turned in your FAFSA or your TAFSA information, you had some additional documents that you needed to send us, you'll send those documents to verification at untdallas.edu. And we are also accepting phone calls as well as we uh, respond to voicemail. So our phone number uh, is 972-780-3662. If you want to call us, if you don't get an answer, you can leave us the voicemail. We will respond to voicemail. But like I said, the quickest way to get to us is gonna be using that chat feature. Otherwise, you can definitely reach us by email or by phone. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you once again for joining us here today, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know it's that time of the year where <laughs> dealing with all these uh, financial aid applications and processing all of them. Mm -hmm. So we do appreciate that. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that's the end of this episode. I do appreciate all the parents listening in and sticking around to the end. And we'll see you at our future recordings.